It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we're talking She-Hulk Episode 2 references, Mike, and I'm just going to get that out of the way now so people know that they should watch this before they come into this episode because spoilers are going to happen, right? And this, this is, a, this is pretty we- fun stuff. Should we have like a psychological conversation with the difference between references and Easter eggs? Because I feel eh. like that's a little uh, niche crevice that I could really crawl into. You and know what? Talk when we get, about nauseam. When we get to that point, we'll look at the time, and if time permits, we will go down <laughs> references slash Easter egg rabbit hole. Um, Ezra Miller is apologizing for their actions, Mike. Um, we'll talk about the Flash here later on. What that means for it. DC properties, other than The Flash, aren't getting any love at all. <laughs> at all at HBO Max right now. And let me tell you, it's a fun story we're going to get into later and more. Yes, we are on the precipice of uh, fall here in the United yeah. States, which is kind of hard to jive with here in Southern California because it's been very, very hot. I think it's going to be even hotter next week. Ouch. Saw news that, like, China is, like, melting. Mm. Like, they're all of their, like, freshwater, like, lakes and rivers are, like, drying up. So hopefully this uh, this hot peak will will pass and we can enjoy a little bit of fall and vibe out with some of the uh, like the Halloween, the pumpkins, mm-hmm, the candy. Mm-hmm. This is all to say I was out into the world this week, and like everyone is prepared for September first. That seems yep. to be the official like pumpkin spice candy corn so, decoration yeah. season. I saw a lot last week. I was in the store. I believe it was when I was getting the popcorn. It might have been two weeks ago. Now I saw a lot of candy corn uh, already kind of leaking into the Walmart shelves, um, getting out there. Those <laughs> big boxes turned sideways, right? Ripped out, tops ripped open. So I know and it's the good stuff. It's the Brax version, right? It's not the the off brand. So I, I'm like, I was thinking of you when I saw mm-hmm. those. I'm like, it's candy corn season. <laughs> We're gonna get those Thanksgiving dinner candy corns that nobody really wants. Oh God, uh, um, you know, <laughs> cranberry a, uh... candy corns. Uh, so <laughs> hey, that actually sounds better than turkey candy corn. Mm-hmm. But yeah. there's a viral sensation out there of the corn kid. The corn kid. Which, uh, the, the corn kid has been this weird like microcosm of news because like the corn kid. If you're not sure, he's just like a, this cute little kid who's being interviewed at like a park when he's eating corn. He's just talking about how much he loves corn. It's just cute and adorable. Yeah. But then what comes in is a music remix, like classic, like mid-2000s, you know, music remix. Mm-hmm. And everyone's been like focusing Auto-tune on that the part of the story now. Exactly. Yeah. And they're just like, you won't believe it. The people that wrote this remix of The Corn Kid have been doing this for years. They're OG YouTubers, well. and they've been doing the Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife song and everything. And it's making me feel so old because it's like these uh, these uh, Gen Zers on TikTok feel like they're like digging up ancient artifacts. And it's yeah. like, I remember when YouTube was invented. Yeah. So I miss vines. I miss vines, Mike. Uh, so that, that, that was her. Well, if it makes you feel any better, last night, um, my wife and I have not gone out to eat at a sit-down restaurant for years. So we went to Outback Steakhouse, Mike. You know my affinity for the Bloomin' Onion. It, it, it's unprecedented. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we got home and we were like, uh, well, let's watch a movie. And then we're like, we ate too much food because we never go out to eat. Uh, so we're miserable. We're going to sit here. And so I put on um, 1980s commercials. Uh, like, um, like call me. It was like a, call me a, commercials. It was weird. What so, a strange, what a strange nostalgia trip. Yeah. So I'm sitting there watching old commercials. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to get to the 90s. And then I looked up and like, this guy um, is it's like Retro Rick or some weird name like that. I was watching um, volume number 457 from the 80s. I'm like, there is not enough time in the world for this thing. But I do love <laughs> watching some old commercials from growing up, right? Like, uh, the ones that always come to mind is like the Crossfire game, like the Marvel shooting game. You'll get caught in the Crossfire. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we ended up going down that rabbit hole last night instead of watching a movie because we were going to watch the. Um, I call it the Blazing Saddles Dog uh, movie. Uh, the movie we've talked about. What's it called? Pause of Fury. Pause of Fury. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Which is, it, well, Pause of Fury is based on, um, I think we talked about it, right? Mel, Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles. They yeah. literally rewrote it mm-hmm. with, with the animals in mind for kids. So, um, But we ended up not doing that, and instead we just watched commercials until you know we kind of just fell asleep. I did watch, uh, we did put on Hercules to fall asleep too. The, the animated movie, Hercules. You ever, mm-hmm. I would make, that's like one of those it? animated movies I wish had a live action version. I think it would be really cool to, to dive into a live action I'm Hercules. sure, I'm sure they'll get around to it. They'll cast some just unbelievably hunky person to like oil and slather up. Is it Austin Butler and, from uh, Elvis? Is it going to be him? He's hot yeah, right now. Yeah, maybe. And we'll all just, we'll all just ogle the screen. There'll be some, hopefully some great songs. But speaking mm-hmm. of maybe movies that won't hold your attention to fall asleep to. Um, um, this I movie would something. make me fall asleep to. <laughs> I think, I think you're going the other direction here. I watched something extremely bizarre this week. It was a trip, man. Mm-hmm. Take you back to the mid-2000s, talking about, like, uh, millennia nostalgia. A little film uh, starring Mia jo- Jojovich. Jojovich. Yeah, I, I watched all, all those Resident Evil movies, and I still can't say her name. Uh, wait, this, is it Resident Evil? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. um, Ultraviolet, circa 2006, which I had to look up and kind of get my frame of reference right. This is... Two movies into the Resident Evil franchise, I guess she decided to take a little bit of a break and work on an original concept called Ultraviolet. This was also a year before Spider-Man 3, I believe the same year as X3, not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that, X-Men United, I think, yeah. is, that, is that the actual subtitle of that yep. film? So you can kind of see what era this movie's operating in. And after I watched the opening credits of this scene, which is just a montage of like comic book covers for ultraviolet i was like convinced that these were real comic book covers i was totally sure that this film was just another comic book adaptation cash grab and i was shocked to see that this was not a 90s comic book that was turned to the big screen this is an original concept made from the ground up and it totally feels half-baked 100 percent all the way through uh story-wise that's for sure but the movie is like wild right mm-hmm. i actually would recommend somebody watch this movie just knowing the context in which it was made and just seeing some of the visuals that they put to screen it's kind of infamously known for some incredibly bad cgi especially when it comes to this like motorcycle helicopter like uh action scene slash chase but man they are they are damned if they're not trying their best to put some of these extremely high concepts to screen uh there is some laughable like cg cityscapes and oh yeah it they it, it looks uh it looks even bad for mid-2000s for sure 
they are trying their hardest. It is so funny. It's so cheesy. You can tell the director is 100% just trying to ape, like, just comic book panels that they're just imagining they're seeing in their head. There is a very whimsical action, but the whole tone of the movie is incredibly serious. So it just kind of falls it falls short of, like, man, if they just kind of pivoted and maybe tried to, like, lean into, like, the cheesiness of what, sh- mm-hmm. what they were making, they might have had something so, really spectacular here, so, actually. So let me let me give you my answer. I went and saw this in theaters uh, 2006, right? This would have been when we were in college. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'll go watch this. Mila Jovovich in an action movie. I mean, I love Resident Evil. These are those are those are great movies at the time. So I saw this in theaters because I'm like, oh, this reminds me of that movie Aeon Flux, which came out the year before. Yes. Uh, with, with that, now looking into this, uh, what what I knew at the time, I didn't know directors' names, whatever. But the director is the the writer of this movie is the director, Kurt Wimmer. He did wrote and mm-hmm. directed this, but he did Equilibrium with Christian Bale with previously, which I thought was a really good movie at the time as well. I'm like, oh. This has everything going for it, right? Equilibrium director, Aeon Flux, you know, kind of vibes. No, th- I, this movie is one of those things, like, I only, like, when you say the name, it, it like, kind of takes me back to that moment of, like, martial arts mm-hmm. and, and silliness. And I think, was is it William Fickner is, is in it as well? Like, the era where he was in, like, the bad guy and everything mm-hmm. kind of, like, deal? But, like... That's I, that's all I remember about this movie, uh, and I paid money to see it, Mike. That's the worst part about it. <laughs> yeah, you can you can really feel the influences just kind of ooze out of this movie, like very high caliber like poses and action. It feels like the director was just mainlining anime before they decided to film this. So mm-hmm. you can definitely say that you would get your like minutes worth right <laughs> you you definitely get an idea of when you go to hit play on hbo max which is where i watched it it's only clocking at like an hour and 27 minutes right mm-hmm. so you know you're not in for a long ride but like one thing that is hard that i feel like is maybe overlooked because she's been in like so many mediocre to bad movies is mia joyovich is a cemented un undisputed action star like you can tell she is picking these roles because she loves action like i don't know how often they're swapping in like stunt stunt doubles for her in her movies but like she is like going hard every scene that she's in like a lot of respect to her uh and especially all of the and she was doing nonstop action right like can you imagine mm-hmm. the abuse that she put on her body like doing like these high caliber uh high-paced action films like every two years so like a, a lot of respect to her i wouldn't be surprised if maybe she has like some sort of like kind of like historic career like award at some point in time maybe even 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 if it's either like a smaller like untelevised <laughs> you know award show maybe she could be given lifetime achievement but. award she's been in, in a lot of the lowest grossing movies uh in the history of <laughs> cinema she was in um she was in monster hunter too right that weird <laughs> oh god um, monster hunter yes adaptation <laughs> yeah yeah i watched it i never played yeah. a game and uh does not make me want to play the games that was also her husband yeah, who, so, who was also did the resident evil movies but yeah yeah um, yeah yeah, yeah. So if you if you just want to go take a if you want to take a, a trip, man, go watch Ultraviolet. There's a scene that I'll never get out of my head. Right, the beginning of the film, she steals like this top secret package, right, and she's told over and over again not to open it. So you know she's gonna open it right, at some right. point in the movie. 
she opens it and then you see her reaction like she's surprised what it is and then in my head i go like oh i bet it's like something alive you don't react to something like this that's like an object right Mm -hmm. it's got to be like a baby or something like that no it's like a 10 year old but the 10 year old cannot fit into this packaging so this 10 year old boy is in like this weird temporal like space inside of this package Mm -hmm. but it looks like this really weird like 90s like screensaver effect that's like going over his body it is so weird it's so funny uh so go check out ultraviolet but if you want like an honest to god good recommendation there's a new show from the creator of raising hope and uh, my name is earl that is for all intents and purposes on amazon prime but theor- but actually it's on Freevee, which used to be IMDb TV, but since it's all owned by Amazon, it's the library is on Amazon Prime, so I hate explaining Freevee, so it's so confusing. But it's basically like a Tubi or like a Pluto TV. It's just like ad supported. Anyway, it's a show called Sprung. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh supported by ads and it's uh loosely based on a true story of these kind of like um uh low offender convicts that all get released from prison uh early uh due to the coronavirus and this is taking place in like early 2020 and there's this funny scene where they're all out out of prison and they ask like this uh this guard who's on a bullhorn he's like where are we supposed to go and he was just like well you can't stay here and you're supposed to shelter in place. So I understand the predicament that you're in, but uh, good luck. So it just kind of follows these mm-hmm. uh, convicts that all have to like shack up in a house together. And it's just really funny because like I would have really thought that you would never really be able to make the pandemic funny in any way. But since now we're kind of like two, two and a half years kind of out from it when it started, you can kind of look back at the very, very beginning of it and laugh a little bit. So they're doing things like toilet paper shortage stories. Uh, They're trying to get like their uh, COVID tests to see if they're positive. And they're writing it knowing about it in hindsight. It's not Mm -hmm. like they wrote this show back in 2020, right? They're writing it like recently. So they're telling all these really funny jokes about like, oh, I bet this is all going to blow over soon. But anyway, there's four episodes available right now. I think they're dropping two a week. So go watch Sprung on Amazon Prime slash free V. I hate that name. It's so dumb. But go free watch it. V. It's funny. I'd recommend it. It <laughs> rhymes with TV. That's why they're watching, doing it. Chris. Yes, I know. And it's free <laughs> and, I, and I hate it. <laughs> just, I understand it as a concept. It's just so confusing. It's like a freemium game, Mike. You can just you pay when you want to do more premium things. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like there's some sort of like weird like marketing item that they have like, well, if you get Amazon Prime, you won't have to watch the commercial. So it's mm-hmm. not free V anymore. It's just V. Yeah. <sighs> let's not talk about this anymore. Let's 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 move this along. Moving it along. All right then. So let's jump into uh, biggest news uh, back half this week. Fantastic Four, right? We are merely mm-hmm. weeks away, 2 weeks away from uh, uh, what's it? D23, right? Um, big, big mm-hmm. weekend. Marvel says they're going there. We're pretty confident they're going to announce all the Phase 6 stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we've been wrong before. We didn't think uh, E3, or not E3, uh, San Diego Comic-Con was going to be <laughs> as big as it was. Um, but one of the rumors before this is coming out of this is that Matt Shackman, uh, the director, showrunner of WandaVision, has been tapped to direct the upcoming Fantastic Four movie for Phase 6. Um, which yeah, is huge. 
Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, I loved WandaVision. I mm-hmm. love the execution of that show. You know, I am doing my best not to overanalyze it, right? Because I feel like a lot of times when news like this breaks, people just go to the lowest common denominator of the creative person. She's like, oh, well, they made like a period piece of a TV show, so obviously... Uh, the Fantastic Four are going to be like period characters, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that that hot take has well, been put out there yeah. out in the world. I th- I think it's just more like they're a competent director and yeah. uh, showrunner, so they're like, hey, I bet you could handle a movie. <laughs> well, well, I think the thing, the big thing here is Jack Schaefer. She wrote the show. Uh, she created it, and wrote it. So I think, you know, Shackman as a director is is probably. You know, he he made everything look really well. He got the best out of the actors, right? And that's that's very important because WandaVision, the first Disney Plus show, very strong, uh, best foot forward, very emotional, very very um, you know, I guess thought provoking throughout the whole thing, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think uh, Matt did, did a really good job with that. I think you know one of the things you know we've also talked about with Marvel is you know that was a year and a half ago or more since that came out, a year and eight months ago, nine months. So we're coming up on two years of that. I think, you know, Marvel has learned from stuff uh, since then. We've talked about, like, because all these TV shows were kind of produced during, you know, a pandemic uh, and done really, uh, you know, shortly. So they didn't have the insider feedback from the audiences that um, they've talked about using. So I think using that as a, you know, it's still a good show, nothing against it. But I think, you know, they've also come out better from this and, and, and are doing this. I do not think Matt will write the movie. I think they've, they'll have a different writer for this movie, right? You think so? Like, I, I don't think they're going to be a writer-director combo for Fantastic uh, yeah. Four. I mean, the whole the whole writing process from film compared to TV series is such a different animal, right? Mm-hmm. It almost seems like... I think every Marvel movie really... You got so many passes that go over it. You know, that you get that first writer's pass. You got the producers looking it over, the director adding notes. You bring somebody in to do a punch-up on the scenes, yep. right? So by the time it's all all said and done, it, like, who really even yeah. wrote it? <laughs> well, I, I, th- I think, you know, I think the important part is the writer gets the bones down. There may be some, some miniatures day-to-day, but, you know, you're right. Like, there's a lot of hands on these, these movies. They also film a lot of extra scenes they may or may not use in the edit. Um, they also bake in, right, reshoots if something's not working or if they need to add extra things to it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if he is a director, I think he is a great director to have for um, Fantastic Four. Now, he was signed on to do Star Trek Four, and word is that he has left Star Trek Four, um, the the continuation of the J.J. Abrams verse. So um, if he does come to this, I think that's a great at, like a great grab, right? We, we thought maybe they would go big-name director, uh, right, we, we've talked theory Steven Spielberg or somebody else along the way. But if they want to go and grab someone they've worked with, they feel like they can elevate in house. I think this is a great opportunity, Mike. Um, and do you think because these rumors are happening now, they're going to do this announcement at D twenty three? I guess is my main question for you mm. at the end of this. I mean, we are owed a little something from Fantastic Four, right? Yeah. Twenty nineteen was the first announcement we got and it was just a logo mm-hmm. and we're pretty much running off that exact same information mm-hmm. so With the release yeah, date we have a release date now so we they, they oh they, big <laughs> well they got to work backwards from that right they, they can't not start making this movie like right now to to do this That's you know true. what i'm saying so they put a line in the sand yeah they're not warner brothers they're yeah. not gonna push that date around too much if they don't have to yeah they i mean when when marvel makes a movie they try to stick to it as much as possible but we'll, we'll talk some more about those other options here later 
Thor Love and Thunder, uh, the physical editions were announced this week, Mike, and I know you're not a physical person, right? You like to stream things, you're you're in that, but for those, I enjoy collecting my steelbooks of the Marvel um, movies, and the steelbook was announced, so those are coming out September 27th, uh, so we're just a little, uh, about a month away, um, you know, right, so not too not too shabby um with that now there will be some deleted scenes in there but apparently they do not involve the grandmaster yeah the grandmasters uh deleted scenes mm-hmm. from from the concept art we saw sadly um mm-hmm. but i'm excited to kind of see what what's going on with some of that stuff i like watching that um the other bit of information that came out about thor love and thunder mike is they will stream the imax enhanced version on disney plus um Ooh. so uh which really for those who may not know, uh, you just go to the movie, go over to versions or, or details. You can choose your version. This does not affect your movie in any way other than make it taller where scenes are taller. Otherwise, they'll say the same aspect ratio the whole time. So if you want to use that extra TV and not have black bars in scenes or those IMAX scenes, go ahead and turn that on. I think it's a really – it's a small benefit, but it's still a fun little thing you can do, right, for free that's included with your subscription. Um, if it was HBO Max, they'd make you pay extra to get the IMAX scenes <laughs> or something. Uh, you have to get commercials on the IMAX version. Because that's what they do with that extra black bars on the right and left. They'll put ads. There. Put ads there. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. You can, uh, you can't pay to turn them off, or it's like a in-app, per, in-app <laughs> purchase kind of thing. Anyway, Thor: Love and Thunder coming. I'm, I'm excited to revisit this, Mike. Like we said, you know, it's, it's an okay movie. It's funny, uh, popcorn thing. I'd love to, to, to go back and maybe kind of comb through the details on my own, uh, on my own accord. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, some fun things here. We get a new look at Ironheart's upgraded armor from the movie is what we're assuming here, Mike. I sent this photo to you um, in chat. We, we talked mm-hmm. about it a little bit here. Uh, because we've seen the um, Ironheart's, uh, her show armor. And the armor here looks way sleeker, way more Shuri designed, if you will. Like maybe a Black pa- like like a Wakanda person made this more so than... Um, you know, she did on her, on the streets, if you will. Like it's very refined, and the black and blue is very interesting highlights here, kind of going into this. Yeah, yeah. So far now, it's kind of like we're trying to chronologically, I feel like, track armor progression, right? Because mm-hmm. if we're still operating off of the same model in our head as Tony Stark, he starts off rough and gruff, and uh, his suits just get more and more streamlined as they go, right? And right now, we have three versions of the kind of Iron Heart armor that's out in the wild. Yeah, you know. Some of them are from her Disney Plus streaming TV show. Uh, some of them are from uh, Wakanda Forever. So she has like kind of like a proto armor where it's just kind of like slapped together with like uh, belts and buckles and straps that looks pretty rad. Uh, and she's mainly exposed there. Yes. And then it seems we have like the next level up, which is kind of looks more like a War Machine esque armor. Mm-hmm. And then we have this one that's really highly polished, but. It makes me wonder, is the Ironheart show supposed to maybe jump back in time chronologically well, to where she yeah. had more proto-suits? Or maybe it's going to be like a Spider-Man situation where like Ironheart has this suit uh, for an amount of time, but maybe it gets destroyed, or maybe she has to leave it in Wakanda yeah. and can't take it with her? Well, I'm thinking there, there's two options here, because the, the proto-suit and then the, the final sleek suit that's more Iron Man are in the same movie, right? Um, so is that proto suit maybe not a proto suit? It, maybe is that something she has to build in a time of duress? Maybe like, hey, look, Namor's forces are coming for us. What can you build in this, you know, environment you're in? Right? Maybe it's a an emergency thing. And the other one, the, her show, is maybe a prequel. 
My other theory is, um, and I kind of wrote it here, is maybe the one we saw for the show, she is built specifically to take on the Red Hood, or not the Red Hood, the Hood, who has magical powers, right? Maybe that bigger war machine armor is like, this is, you're dealing with magic. You need to be a little more prepared than your your vibranium suit um, kind of thing, right? And maybe it's got some anti-magic defenses in it uh, to fight his, uh, you know, his, I guess his quote-unquote yeah. red hood uh, and magic gun. So, like, is is that something? What I really think is interesting here is the concept, or I guess the art on the box, makes it look like her, her chest piece is bulkier and, like, more textured, and she has maybe some shoulder pieces mm-hmm. that this toy does not have on, right? Um, the mm-hmm. toy's very sleek, very, like, you know, form-fitting, and that art shows, like, a maybe, like, a hollow chest or, like, some maybe some big engine pieces on the right-hand side of her shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like another takeaway, too, uh, a lot of the reasons we're seeing a lot of this Wakanda Forever, like, toys and boxes and art is mainly because people are very interested in this, you know, Ironheart suit. Mm-hmm. But along the way, like, Shuri has been front and center on all of these posters, right? Yeah. On all of these uh, boxes, it really seems like Shuri is really getting catapulted into the front of this film. And, like, it seems like this could possibly be our replacement for Black Panther uh, mm-hmm. slash Chadwick in this franchise. I'm not 100% sure. To me, it really feels like the safest way to move forward with, like, the Wakanda Forever Black Panther universe is maybe just don't solely focus on one person. Just kind of make yeah. it more of an ensemble film where all of the characters, or at least a handful of them, are all equally important, and they all kind of show you a different aspect of what Wakanda is uh, like. But maybe, uh-huh. you know, the character always kind of edges. One character usually always edges a little bit more, so maybe that yeah. ends up being Shiri. Well, the other thing I thought about this is they don't really say it's uh, Riri Williams. It What if the Ironheart is maybe a Shuri armor, right? Like, y- you think that maybe it could be hers? Like, something she made for herself? Um, that maybe I mean, she gives could, to, the, to, to, to yeah, I'm not sure. We got lots of unanswered yeah. questions. Um, very curious what's going to happen here. Toys are in uh, store. If you have yeah. kids and they want to play with these toys, go get them. That's why we're looking at these photos in the show notes here. They are literally in a store. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're, we're, we're like, can you just imagine if we were together in a Walmart, just pouring over the toy section? Like what leaks can we get from the upcoming <laughs> movies? What here? is this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, check out those uh, pictures in there. Let us know what you think uh, of of the Ironheart armor. I think it looks cool. I think it looks cool. A uh, quick note here for uh, the boys: season four has added Jeffrey Dean Morgan, uh, who played literally Jensen Ackles, who was um, oh my gosh, I just lost his name, Soldier Boy, uh, his dad in Supernatural. He's known for Negan in The Walking Dead. Um, he was Batman's dad in uh, Zack Snyder's, but um, was a uh, Batman v Superman. So like. You know, he's got um, mm-hmm. a lot of history and, and stuff in superhero stuff. Uh, so I think it's a, a good ad for the boys, right? So Yeah. He's a great he's a great actor. I, I loved, like, the top kind of, like, internet comment I saw when this news was announced of, like, I wonder what gross stuff they're going to make him do. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's always what happens in the boys. Yeah. Like, you're either doing something gross, you're in some sort of bodily fluid, whether it's blood or maybe something more unspeakable. Yeah. So. He's gonna be getting up to something. It would be kind of funny if they uh, if they cast him just to subvert our expectations, and he's just a really really nice guy, mm-hmm. right? Because I only he only is Negan in my head. Yeah. Uh, so, and I I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore. I know he's kind of had a what, redemption arc, it, but I don't yeah, care about what, the show. So he's got an upcoming show with uh, the 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 other girl, the Glenn's wife. What's what was her name from that show? 
Uh, Maggie. There's oh, a Maggie and, and Negan the, show uh, coming out, like a spinoff series. Oh, the, really? really? Oh, come on. Yeah. Just let it end, AMC. Nope. We get it. You don't have Breaking Bad and Mad Men anymore, and you're holding on to this for dear well, life. Well, uh, break, make uh, better call Saul just ended. <laughs> they have nothing else, Mike. They have to They go into this oh. universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, but, yeah, I think I think he's great. Uh, like, and I, I met him in Supernatural. He's in The, the Losers, that uh, DC comic book movie. That with, it's got also got Chris Evans in it, so Ender um, Selba, so... Yeah, very excited for that. Umbrella Academy, the other, it's counterpart on Netflix, right? The other show that comes out at the same time, is renewed for a fourth and final season. Um, There's no other material for them to adapt, so I don't know. know, I think this is good that they're going to end on their own um, accord rather than ending on a cliffhanger, right? Um, So Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very glad that it gets to end. Something that many shows don't often get a chance to do on Netflix. So it's great that kind of the writers and the creators of the show get to go into the room and really pitch something to definitively wrap up a lot of these characters. And also, this is probably really good timing, too. Uh, We didn't really get a chance to talk a whole lot about the last season of Umbrella Academy on the show. Uh, But I do recall the last couple episodes of the most recent season were, like, slacking a little bit. I just kind of wanted them to pick up the pace a little bit and get on with it. It seemed like, I don't know if they were stalling Mm -hmm. for time or what exactly was going on there. So maybe now that they'll know the road ahead of them, we'll we'll Mm -hmm. get something really, really nice here for the last season. I've grown to really love the characters, so I'm I'm hoping for a nice ending for all of them. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one of the things that it does well other than, you know, the boys has this thing as well. Umbrella Academy makes you feel like they're a family, right? The characters feel like an actual dysfunctional kind of family um, Mm. with their abilities. And and what's been really cool about it is, you know, um, my favorite, you know, the favorites in our house are always Five and Klaus, right? Those are the, my favorite characters. Mm. So um, it's good that, you know, we're not just left waiting to know what's going to happen to them. Maybe they all die. Maybe, maybe they all end it in another time loop. They, maybe they fix it and go back to living a good life or become superheroes. I don't know. Um, but I'm very excited for for that to, to like you said, Netflix to give them an ending season and, like, this is your last one. Make sure you yeah. write it as and, your last one. Yeah, and the stories and the world and all the characters have all kind of started to reach kind of their peak in a way. A lot mm-hmm. of the characters have almost realized their full potential, like, power-wise. Uh, we've gotten very, very high concept with how the world is always ending and how they're solving it. And yeah. It feels like there's not a whole lot more room to go, right? Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like an issue that maybe we might see Marvel coming into in a couple mm. of years, right? Like, well, after well, you deal with the multiversal threat, like, what yeah. is left after that, well, you know? I'd say it's more like The Flash, right? The Flash, every season, it's like, hey, it's somebody else who just runs a little bit faster than me every time and mm-hmm. this umbrella comes like oh the universe is ending at the start literally of every season so far so um mm-hmm. yeah i'm very excited to see that kind of wrap up and, and see where they go uh with it. also there's no more comic books right they're, they're really making this up maybe with uh gerard way's help uh, for the fourth season if he's going to make another but like there's no other content out there that they can adapt from so um mm-hmm. good good for them to to get that um that that, that ending note there Speaking of Umbrella Academy and Netflix, the adaptation of Horizon Zero Dawn, the PlayStation exclusive game, uh, has snagged Steve Blackman, the showrunner and creator of the Umbrella Academy show, to adapt that uh, game for Netflix. So that's pretty cool. I think he's done a great job with that. um, Yeah, I don't know much about Horizon Zero Dawn. I played a little bit of it when it was one of those, like, 
free PlayStation of mm-hmm. the Month games or something like that. So I got a little bit exposed to the story, but not a whole lot. It seems like it would be relatively visually effects heavy because like the animals are supposed to be like machines or something yeah, machine, like that. Yeah, it's very machine heavy, yeah. But I feel like visual effects nowadays would actually deal with that really, really well, mm-hmm. right? It's just kind of like tracking your 3D model in the yeah. scene, and, and you're kind of like good good to go. <laughs> it's a game, so they've already got the 3D models done. Uh, really, they're just uh, yeah. sharing that over. Yeah, actually, I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. But I know it's a very kind of story-driven yeah. type of game. So we're kind of on the precipice here, especially after seeing the teaser trailer yeah. uh, or the teaser scene for The Last of Us the other week. Yeah. So we could be like with, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, kind of normalizing kind of some of the more fun characters on the big screen. Maybe yeah. now we can dive into Get something game. else. Here. Well, my, my, again, I, I really, again, crossing fingers because I know you just watched Uncharted and it was kind of a letdown for you, right? Um, knowing how mm-hmm. much that franchise means to everybody. You know, hopefully Sony's doing some, you know, some some, some house checking on these uh, upcoming shows. So um, cross fingers for that because I am excited. They just had a second game come out, Horizon Zero Dawn. I know Horizon Zero Dawn is also getting a PSVR 2 uh, launch game. Like they're putting some money into this yeah. franchise. So big, big grab for them. Uh, speaking of video games, moving along, Bioshock uh, with uh, the... Uh, increase of other video game movies getting adaptations bioshock has snagged a director and writer uh with francis lawrence who is known for hunger games uh, i am legend and slumberland uh to direct this and michael green who wrote logan blade runner 2049 and death on the nile uh for the screenplay so yeah i (laughs) i know I, i vaguely remember us talking about bioshock being adapted a while a ago, long time ago there's yeah. way too much has happened between now and then yeah. to where when i saw this news i was like oh they're adapting bioshock i feel like i was supposed to know that uh, it's, i love the yeah. story of bioshock another game that i really haven't played but is popular enough to where i understand the concept of it you know this kind I, of underground almost like fascistic society with like it's, yeah. magic but i don't know how the magic well, is really explained outside of like a yeah. video game world you know so bioshock is essentially you're in an underground city uh, that was built in and supposed to be like this ideal city right and only certain people were invited to mm. live here it's very much in the vein of like a fallout movie right like and you end up being down here and it's very 40s 1940s vibes right everything was is a time capsule of whenever they built this city and in it you have again people know the big daddies right the big suits mm. that are like diver suits uh, and they're little sisters but like yeah you, you get these things they're not called elixirs but you inject them into yourself and that gives you the abilities uh, kind of thing in there like wasn't one of like isn't one of them or like I, I I would assume one of them is like fire just because yeah, it's like there, yeah there's the a fire basic thing. powers yeah isn't one like shooting bees uh, like, am I imagining no, being able to shoot I, bees I, from your hand? I think later on, I think Bioshock 2, which was a different city, had, had different abilities because it went more rogue yeah. with what it had. Um, and that sounds really, really cool, but I feel like you got to really hit a very specific tone. Yeah. Because when you're playing, like, a video game, it's just like, oh, I can shoot fire now. I can shoot bees or electricity. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm playing a video game. I Like, I can suspend yeah. my disbelief to do that. But, you know, when you enter the realm of, like, a TV show, you you kind of have to add a little bit more fact mm-hmm. to that fiction. And so what, I wonder how they're going to pull that the, off. The story of Bioshock is fantastic. And, you know, of those games you play for the story because it's a single-player game. It is absolutely mm. wonderful in terms of, of you as the main character, who is a person, not, not necessarily a, a fit. You have a voice, 
you you have a name so like playing that you're character. like a detective you're like a detective right yeah I something like, yeah and you're trying to to solve like figure out what happened to the guy who run who built the city and, and what's happening down here mm-hmm. um it, it is fantastic i think bioshock is one of those games that really took me by surprise whenever i got to it so i think the story's there i think there's opportunity maybe even tell like how do they get to that point where they're building the city i think they'll probably go a little little farther back than mm-hmm. pick up where the game did but yeah like if you said you are dealing with some mysticism some magic and some like dna altering stuff so like you know you've got to you've got to build that in and i think you know building the city is going to be you know, or this you know, whole universe is going to be very crucial to that but i think it's i mm-hmm. think it's going to be great i think you know michael green who has written logan blader in 24 and death on the Nile, i think he can encompass all those three into a bioshock um, either series or movie. I don't know which one it is on Netflix. Probably, probably series if it's uh, on Netflix. Really, really well because th- those three pieces he's done are fantastic. So, um, Death on the Nile had, had a lot less death on the Nile than I anticipated, but you know, I'm a, I'm a stickler for titles. But um, yeah, if you've not played Bioshock, there are three of them out there. You can go check those out as well. Shifting gears into the DC universe, uh, they've been looking for a Kevin Feige for years, right? Since probably two thousand. <laughs> Chris, do we have to shift those gears? We're, Can we just put the car in park? Well, it's, it's going in reverse, actually. We're actually losing ground uh, <laughs> by going into the DC section. Because the rest of the show is DC uh, adjacent other than She-Hulk. But we'll, we'll, that's, our, that's our ending. Um, so they've been looking for this Kevin Feige uh, for their movies, right? The, the, the DC mm-hmm. movies. And they've potentially tapped it. Uh, a DC chief and uh, producer Dan Lin, who was known for producing the It movies, Sherlock Holmes, and the Lego movies. So um, he's got a history of doing some franchises under his belt. Whether they're they all seem to have about two movies apiece. <laughs> if you yeah, will. is this the Robert? Is this the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes we're talking yes, about? Yes, yes, the newer ones. Um, okay, not, not the not the um, the BBC one. Uh, he's also you know he actually broke away uh, from I think Warner Brothers in the late two thousands to create his own company called Rideback, and they're currently like in talks to do the live action Lilo and Stitch movie with Disney. Uh, this is, they're, this they're, is more news with inside of news. I mean, I guess yeah. we could have assumed live action Lilo and Stitch right. was going to happen at some point in time, but like I forgot. That's why that's why I talked about Hercules. I'm like I don't want Lilo and Stitch. I want Hercules, but. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, he also produced. Uh, he did. He was a producer on the live action Aladdin um, that that came out. You know, Will Smith and um, the the guy who's going to play Ezra Bridger. But yeah, he he's a producer. Yeah. He he's broken off from Warner Brothers, creates his own uh, with his own um, company. So you know, like he's not he's platform agnostic, if you will. So um, yeah, I, I this could be great, right? Getting a producer who's you know got some franchises under his belt, but isn't like you're married to the studio at hand you think i mean obviously less exciting than our greg berlanti rumor which we had a little bit more analysis that we could add to yeah right uh uh the other week uh but at the same time did anybody really know who kevin feige was before he was kevin feige so you know I think somebody that is going to be in charge of an entire universe like this has to be like a creative visionary, mm-hmm. right? And somebody you really have to sit down and talk to and see what their ideas are. And you're just not always going to be able to get that from necessarily past projects that they've worked on. But if yeah. we absolutely had to look at this, I would probably sink my teeth in more to it and the Lego movies because that 
kind of was a franchise that was kicking off. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it died. Was it Ninjago? Was that it right there, knowing well, that they he, couldn't kind of really just he didn't rely do, off of IP to make those? He didn't do Ninjago or Lego Batman. Um, he just did the, the the two Lego. No, he did Ninjago. I'm sorry. I'm reading these backwards. He did, though. He did all the Lego. Yeah. So I think the Lego movie 2 sucked, uh, and that killed it. <laughs> but... Anyway, yeah, yeah, maybe. It, uh, the sequel to It, even though the It movies made a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, sequel, in my point of view, uh, ex- essentially the same movie. They just aged up the kids. Uh, yeah. So who knows what we can go off of here, but yeah. they got to pick somebody sooner or later, right? The, they, they I'm need- pretty sure the board and the investors want something. Yeah, they, they need to. I, I think the other thing is, you know, one of some of the stuff he, he did, you know... Um, he 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 was a producer on a that uh, the depart he I didn't it wasn't a producer he worked with the departed right which was you know a, a winning movie um, worked on a TMNT not not the Michael Bay ones the ones before so he's got a lot of work but like you know what do we draw out of this how how's he gonna apply that to DC and does he build a roadmap right so um, we agree they need somebody I don't know if they're gonna pick somebody soon but that would be great if they could. Um, pick somebody who has a, you know, again, um, running, he can run his own production company or as a producer for another company rather than, you know, be somebody in internally they've hired up, if you will. So do you, um, do you think when they're trying to get this job, they just like go home at night and they just like work on like a little pitch deck? Like, all right, I got to make a little pitch deck for these, um, for these executives at Warner brothers. Yeah. And they're just like going on Google images, like copying and pasting stuff like, well, this looks cool. I might want to do that. It'd just be so funny to see that pitch deck. I want to be a fly on the wall when he's like, Oh, should I add transitions here? Is that going to get me the job if I fade in here instead of wipe? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just funny. to That's just funny to me. <laughs> Step three profit. That's that's what it is. They take the old South Park one and, and do it in there. But in in terms of, of, of decisions they're making that are kind of stupid, um, two delays for, <laughs> for, for DC movies here coming up here. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods was pushed from this December to March 17th of 2023, uh, which mm-hmm. this one might be smart. It was up against Avatar 2. So yeah, uh, that's 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 gonna be rough to contend with. Yeah, I think a lot of people are hyped for this. So yes, that'll be hard. So that's smart. However, Aquaman two was originally in that slot, and Aquaman two has now been pushed back to Christmas of next year. Mike, womp womp. Um, <laughs> our Jason Momoa yeah. fix. Um, your your man. He you are his man. Is pushed back to to Christmas of the year after. So I don't know. <laughs> it just really it really makes me think of uh, the it, w- it was or wasn't actually aired during the Super Bowl. I don't remember 100%. Oh, no, it was in front of Batman, wasn't it? It was that little, like, DC, like, teaser of, like, here's yeah, It was the Batman. It was on the weekend. Universe. Yeah, and they, they changed it literally the Monday after the Batman came out. <laughs> yeah, like, none of like none of those things are really up yeah. by, by now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think you floated a rumor to me via text message earlier this week that uh, they couldn't even support possibly releasing these big movies financially this year with all, with the you know the three billion dollars mm-hmm. right that they yeah. have to cut. Um, I love that rumor just because it's really funny to me. But also, I, I think the other one of oh let's get this away from Avatar. I think that's yeah. smart too. Uh, but it's weird, right? Um, 
it seems like almost COVID gave um, productions more flexibility when it comes to delaying and moving moving movies around. You know, it kind of almost gave them like, okay, the audience will still follow us. It's not necessarily seen mm-hmm. as a critique on the movie before it comes out. Everyone's used to it now. If we need to move it, we'll move it strategically. Uh, so maybe that is kind of one of the long lingering uh, consequences of the pandemic. It's emboldened the studios to just move it to the most financially profitable month, uh, no matter if there's a, a disease standing in its well, way or not. You know, the the worst part about this is they knew about Avatar, but they moved Shazam up from 2023. Remember, it took the Flash. The Flash it was in June, and they that, that was where Shazam two was, and they moved it up to December, and then they're like. Oh wait, we gotta push it back again. So like, the, even the director was like, eh, "At least it's still earlier than our original date, right?" Um, so he he's taken it in stride. But you know, Aquaman yeah. is. I mean, I when I, when that movie came out it was like what twenty eighteen, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Um, we yeah, said five years, all- four years for the next one was a lot. Now it's five years. So. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people thinking that maybe it's Amber Heard related for Aquaman 2. Oh, no. Who knows, but man, I'm so glad I don't work at I, Warner Brothers DC and have to put up with all this. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see here. I was trying to figure out when Aquaman, the first one was, but now it's giving me, all, all it's giving me is Aquaman 2 stuff. I'm like, when did Aquaman come out? 2018. So, yeah, it'll be five years to the day uh, when the next one comes out. So, woof. What a what a journey <laughs> for Aquaman and and all these DC movies. We just want something. At least Black Adam's on track, right? Knock on wood. <laughs> yes. Um, before I jinx But, that. like, uh, oh, man. Have you have you seen, like, The Rock engaging with, like, social media when it comes to, like, Black Adam? He, like, he is starting to, like, get the vibe that, like, Black Adam is going to be the Citizen's Kane of, like, DC movies. Uh-huh. He, like, uh, I mean, I don't want to say, like, he's full of himself necessarily, but he is doing his very, very best to promote well, the hell out of this can, film. May, so, I, may I suggest a theory you, to this? Yes. Warner <laughs> Brothers isn't. They're not spending the money. So who's going to promote his movie? Yeah, I mean, that could be but I've not I seen mean, anything a, Black Adam other than the, the tra- that one trailer like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a social media juggernaut. Yeah. So if he just wants to promote something on his own dime, yeah. you know, even if it is a dime to hit the publish button. Yeah, well, but. he's a producer, so I think he's going to kick back for the how well this movie does too. So I, I'm oh, thinking like yeah, for sure. Warner Brothers is like, we're not going to like, you know, you're going to get marketing, but it's going to be like the the week before the movie comes out so good luck and he's just like i don't need you to promote my movies i'm the fucking rock like i will do it uh, this is my movie and i'm a producer on it so i i think to me it's not that he is you know over hyping i just think nobody there's no other hype for this movie anywhere else out there so i'm like yeah that, that could be it too yeah so yeah cross our fingers uh, moving on uh, in sad news, step one sad news, Batman the Cape Crusader, the animated show that was going to um, you know, not be the Batman animated series but kind of look like it, right? Very dark. Batman had those long years in the concept art. Um, HBO Max has passed on this series, uh, sadly, unsurprisingly, though, because they don't want to spend anything. Um, and a bunch of other shows that have nothing to do with this, but like they, list, like, they literally pass on a bunch of animated stuff. Uh, and they are very yeah. deep in a production on the show, Mike, apparently. Like, they're really, like, they've been making the episode. They've got the audio recorded, so on and so forth. Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, DNA-wise, you know, if this new uh, CEO, head honcho, in charge of HBO Max Discovery or 
Warner Discovery, whatever the hell it's called, right? Him, in his bones, he sees reality TV as the way forward. He sees it as the cheapest, Mm -hmm. quickest way to make content uh, that appeals to, like, the broadest, like, lowest common denominator of audience, right? And that's where the dollars are. Like, animation is, like, the antithesis to reality TV. It takes forever to make. It's expensive, and it mostly hits a niche audience. But the thing is, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion only, there's no multiplier factor to reality TV. You put it out there, it's out there, and it's done. I would think a very, very small amount of people ever go back and rewatch reruns or old episodes of reality TV. You can't merchandise it at all. It only hits a very specific age range, and I would assume it leans very, very heavily uh, female yeah. for the most part, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, it, it lessens your audience, whereas like, uh, I feel animation has a very niche multiplying effect where you can get a small audience, but they will become incredibly passionate. They will rewatch it on Mm. your catalog until the day that they die and they'll pass it down to their children and you can merchandise it and possibly grow it into a feature film at like some point in time. Right. But you have to take the gamble there of putting the time and effort into it. So yeah, really, I do not think that that CEO cares to do any of that, right? It doesn't seem like. Well, which is it's just sad because Cartoon Network is where I watched, other than you know um, WB, you know the over the air channel. Cartoon Network's where I got to catch a lot of the Batman the animated series, right? Later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you know, knowing that Warner Brothers Discovery owns Cartoon Network and they're not doing that is very very sad uh, for for this because. You know, th- there's there's Batman and Cape Shade and other things. So I, I just, I, I agree. I know what he's doing, um, but like you said, it's not one of those things that's ever like, I'm not going to a Comic-Con panel of a reality TV series, right? Like, nobody's doing that. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, just, it's just sad. However, let's flip the coin on this. Reports are that all of these projects in the show notes, including Batman Cape Crusader, can be shopped to other distributors. HBO Max is not the... Stopping production, canceling it, they are just not picking it up themselves, so therefore they can go live somewhere else. Now, I think this is a great opportunity for other platforms to pick up some of this great content, including the possibility of this Batman Crusader stuff. Um, yeah, I think I saw uh, even like Apple Plus there in the mix. I don't yeah. know if that's just somebody let's just name off all the streaming services that aren't hbo max right and we can assume that they're in the bid but like when i heard that i was like oh i could see cape crusader kind of a more of a prestige Mm -hmm. almost animated uh batman take landing on something like apple plus they don't really have a whole lot of animation to begin with right they have that um they have that uh, Skydance movie what? called Luck, yeah. which I've seen a lot of people say looks like a commercial for insurance, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because I think they also did like a cross-promotion with an insurance company well, on like a yeah. sponsorship. They, they also <laughs> own all the Charlie Brown um, at Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, so they don't have I'm, a lot. <laughs> I got Apple. I got Apple Plus. So yeah. and you know I keep buying new Apple products. So I keep getting yeah. that. Uh, Par- I keep getting Paramount's that free a trial. Paramount's a great place um, because they have Nickelodeon right uh, and all those mm-hmm. uh, animated things. I think that could be a good home for it as well if they wanted to go that direction. Um, for that, so yeah, I, I think that's that's good news that people can that they 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 don't own the production. They were just you know licensing it as a distributor. 
Um, so there's still hope to see this show down the road. It's just weird that you're going to be able to see DC animated stuff on a station that's not DC only kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, very, very peculiar on that. Uh, speaking of things dead at DC, uh, Warner Brothers, Batgirl. Uh, apparently they're holding secret funeral screenings for the scrap movie uh, for people who were involved uh, around the so Warner Brothers sad. lot. I want to go see a secret uh, screening, like, and and I feel like, in in a in a in a fair and just world, you know, obviously the movie gets a release at some point in time, maybe on like a streaming service that wants to pay for it. Who knows if that's right. up there in the works at some point in time? But like, can some disgruntled person just leak it to the internet? Well, I would love to just like I, pirate this movie and watch that, it since that's they gonna, that's gonna, to release it. That's going to be my next bullet point. It's funny you mention that because literally. I think the directors would have in a heartbeat because both of them, uh, one of them I think went online and said they literally removed all of the media from the servers, the footage, before the directors could even sign in after the news was dropped. Um, oh, my God. So they had they, they had like an internal memo of like, go ahead and get rid of all this stuff now. We're making this announcement, and then you know no one can get on there and leak anything else from this. Because the directors, I don't think, well, I think, I- I think would have in a heartbeat leaked some of it. Um, I mean, does uh, I, I know we're past the days of kind of uh, pr- uh, early days of Pixar, right? But mm-hmm. there was that story of that one woman who saved the whole film because she had a version of it on Toy a hard Story drive too. At home. Yeah, yeah. Is there a thumb drive somewhere out well, in the world that has this movie on we're, it? We're not past that. Deadpool was literally brought back to life by leaked footage, right? Like they they yeah, passed on true. the product, they showed the the proof of concept, and they were like, "Oh, okay, this is this is an awesome idea." So. Um, people people really reacted to it so i think i think we're not past that but like at the same time like you know uh yeah it's i i just don't want this to go down the release the batgirl cut kind of kind of scenario <laughs> i don't think the batgirl or the directors have the rabid fan base that um zack snyder does or pays for through robots uh so i i don't think we'll get that but you know honestly it's just really I don't really sad that they can't release or they didn't even try to shop it around, right? Like to like, hey, let's mm. let's get this out there. So, very very sad. However, in good news, Mike, because I know how much you hate large corporations, uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers Discovery, their stock price has dropped to a newest low since two thousand nine, after literally all this backlash the past two weeks against David Zaslav killing the projects, canceling all their animations, ruining contracts, everything. Literally, they, instead of saving $3 billion, they lost $5.5 billion in market capital in one month since this. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at their uh, stock ticker right now. Uh, their peak, their high, the best that they've done in the last three years was this gigantic roller coaster-like peak at $77 a share, and that was the right around the time that HBO Max released out into the world. Um, mm-hmm. At least I think so. Wait a minute. Uh, maybe not. What happened in March 2021? That's Batman. when they hit $77 a share. Uh, March of 2021. Uh, yeah, March 14th, 2021. Was that Batman? What uh, happened there? It's such a huge, unprecedented peak in their share and it's just been downhill ever since there was that maybe the rumors that they would be possibly selling uh to uh warner brothers Zack Snyder's justice league march 18th 2021 
Oh no, wasn't wasn't was it the Justice League? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, like you said, they are down to like thirteen dollars a share now. It has been in a plummet, in yeah. a free fall. What exactly is going to happen to Warner Brothers? I mean, they've lost else 20... to go but up. I mean, is is that what they're saying? Well, <laughs> so the so they've lost twenty billion, I think overall five point five billion in just a month. Rather than saving three billion, they lost five point five. Um, so that's off awful. Top talents uh, reports are saying the top talents are no longer working with Warner Brothers, right? Like, you, you, they've already pissed off Christopher Nolan because of releasing things on streaming um, and mm. his tenant stuff. They've, they've anyone uh, the Dune guy was really mad, right? Because they put his movie on on streaming first last year. Um, there are companies, actors, producers, directors, whatever, blacklisting Warner Brothers and Discovery right now. So I think you know. If you, you you talk about you know um, the the audience who watches your stuff is is not quite always right, but definitely you know they're gonna let their their motives be heard. This is how they're doing. They're refusing to work with the company, and the people who are investing in it are are getting out. Like they're getting right the hell out of there because of this merger. So um, I think you you we talked about this in in, in our text studies, and you said you know very succinctly um, you know. Uh, people are replaceable and we're about to find out how replaceable uh this guy running the company is at the end at the i guess at the end of their fiscal year whenever that is i mean if you want to recapture the vibes of what hbo max or hbo in general was back in its heyday uh just go on over to apple plus i feel like that's where kind of like all the really good kind of uh dramas are or even like heartfelt comedies are over there you know you got ted lasso trying severance uh for all mankind all stuff like really really popping off over over there at apple so Mm -hmm. you can go over there watch that if you we're going to talk about house of dragons here in a second if you're looking for something else fantasy related that's not hbo max uh rings of power that's about to be dropping on amazon Amazon. prime here yeah and just i feel like in a matter of seconds (laughs) yeah so go check that out i think it's Maybe the end of this month, maybe next month. I see keep seeing more trailers, so uh, it might it might be next week. But yeah, so HBO, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, and parent companies of HBO, HBO Max are just you know taking a beating, and honestly, they deserve it. So sucks to suck, dudes. Sorry. Uh, but speaking of HBO Max, like you said, House of Dragons uh, episode uh, episode two is today, right? I believe. But this mm-hmm. show has already been yep. renewed for a season two. Um, which I wish I was more surprised by this announcement, Mike. But it sounds like they had full faith in it anyway um, to make not make mm-hmm. just one season. But you know, last week's stats really kind of bumped them to go ahead and make that announcement right now. Get those actors under contract, All right? So. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we talked briefly about the show last week because we recorded last week's episode on a Monday, so uh, yeah. we had a chance to kind of look at House of Dragons on a Sunday night, but. It puts you right back into that headspace and right back into the world of Game of Thrones pretty really, pretty well. Uh, so, yeah, if you if you miss that feeling of appointment television on Sundays back in Westeros, this puts you right there. And, of course, everything Game of Thrones related, hot takes all over the Internet. So if you want to participate in any sort of discourse, there is one for every scene. There is one single bit of discourse for every single frame of uh, last week's episode. So it's it's got the whole hype train back up and running. And HBO and HBO Max, Discovery, Warner, whatever the hell you call it, they needed this. They needed a hit. They needed yeah. something popping. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, it's good good for them. You know, after the I guess bad taste of right of Game of Thrones left people's taste 
bad taste in their mouth. Um, this is good to be back on top for them, right? In in the world, uh, George R. R. Martin's world. Th- that last book still hasn't come out, Mike. I know people are still complaining about it. They're getting another show before they even get the last book. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So good good for it being renewed at uh, season two at HBO. All right, into the episode. You know what happens at the end of the episode, folks? We talk about the newest. I guess the show that we're that's on right now, right? And right now it's going to be She-Hulk. It's um, on Disney Plus, debuting every Thursday, which sucks because now we have to wait more after recording to watch the next one. Like, I was always looking forward <laughs> to that short wait between them. Um, so we're going to talk about episode two. Uh, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Come back, listen to it. We can show you some more stuff, talk about it. But um, we're going to jump right in. Uh, first and foremost, this episode is about um, you know Jen's fallout from being really revealing she is a she-hulk right uh in in the, the universe mm-hmm. and how that affects her as a her job and then uh her mostly her job and, and she has to now work for uh, a company that uh, has her representing uh emil blonsky's abomination who we've not seen since the incredible hulk mike um, yeah it's been a 2000, 2008 uh, well, the second marvel movie Technically, we did see the abomination, yes. not necessarily Neil Blomsky underneath the uh, fleshy gamma skin yes. that was the abomination. And I love that that, that did come back around yes. as a legal loophole that Jennifer is going to have to tackle. But this episode overall sat a lot better mm-hmm. uh, with me. Uh, like I said, the first episode, they, they had a lot of hurdles and speed bumps they had to deal with at, at the beginning of setting all of this up how she becomes the She-Hulk, but now that she is the She-Hulk, everything's really popping off for me on on all cylinders, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, The fact that she has become She-Hulk is working well because I think it's helpful that her cousin, kind of the root of her identity as a Mm -hmm. superhero, is very famous, right? That's one piece of ground that the MCU has set pretty definitively, that these Avengers are... uh, all intents and purposes like the most famous people on earth right yeah they are celebrities they have toys they have merch whether they want it you know or not they are famous so when you kind of see another big green powered superhero it seems like humanity is already ready for it yeah they've adapted to it they see it oh it's just another version of, of hulk let's call it a she hulk if you will and of course they had the very typical kind of cheesy superhero moment where they have to be named right yeah. it's always like some random citizen or a newspaper headline that does it feels like there's no other way to do it there's no organic way to give these people silly names and then yeah. they always have to bellyache about it like oh really yeah. just have to be a derivative of my brother so that's a little unfortunate that we can't quite think of a new way to do it but you know i was able to look yeah. past that but and have a she, good time i think if she had another name in the comic books i'm like yeah maybe but like she Hulk literally is a derivative. Like I, I'm like, oh, that's like right on the nose of how they made her originally in the 80s mm-hmm. or 70s, right? I'm like, oh, they literally couldn't think of a better name in the 70s. Uh, they were like, mm-hmm. it's a She Hulk, if you will. So yeah, 100. <laughs> percent Um, I think you know, to me, one of the highlights of this was not just you know her, her you know, looking for jobs stuff like that, but like, uh, we get to meet her side of the family, right? Um, you know, uh, her family, mm-hmm. uh, which is very interesting. Uh, it's great because uh, her dad is Mark Lynn Baker, who is one of the two actors in Stranger Things. Or not, Str- Perfect Strangers. Um, do you ever remember watching Perfect Strangers growing up? 
Uh, no, not really. But he is one of those kind of very recognizable character actors, right? Kind of yeah. like Ed Bagley Jr., where whenever you look at him, you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. I've yeah. seen him. He, he's been in things, and he's yeah. always been enjoyable to look at. <laughs> yeah, I've always, I, I remember watching Perfect Strangers kind of growing up. So he was one of the one of the two because it's a normal guy living with like his cousin who's like from Eastern Europe kind of thing. It was always like, uh, you know, we're roommates, but we're totally different kind of things. But anyway, I, I really enjoyed the family dynamic. Everyone's like, oh, you know, your cousin, uh, who seems to be kind of like, uh, he reminds me of, the, that's why I said Stranger Things guy. What's his name? Uh, Argyle from Stranger Things. He's like just kind of like a mm-hmm. carefree, kind of like whatever. I'm gonna, I'm now the manager at Best Buy kind of kind of dude for, <laughs> yeah, for the uh-huh. thing. Um, it was really, really kind of fun to see it. And I, I think... It came together even better at the post-credit scene, which you know, you you let me know they had one where literally she's doing all the stuff around the house while he's like kind of getting uppity about it. Um, yeah, I, I leaned over to my wife and I was like, "Oh, they're treating her just like Clark Kent in Smallville on that farm, yeah. just there to pick up heavy stuff." I get yeah. you know, I get it. Yeah. I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah. For that, um, so let's go ahead and, and talk. You know, we we talked about the Emil Blonsky. I think his his side of the story actually came across better than I thought it would. Um, right. Like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decorated soldier. Like I wasn't doing anything wrong until your government put this blue stuff in me kind of thing. And then, then that was the problem. I'm like, well, he's actually making a fair point. He, if you go back and watch that, he wasn't really a bad guy. He was just a soldier. Uh, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. But also like, I was really trying to remember cause I was like, uh, just like, uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, said in this show, like, uh, it's like, I'm a totally different person Wink. and I had to remember back to yeah. Edward Norton in that movie and just like, okay, I'm pretty sure, uh, he had, um, abomination. What's the actual character's name again? Emil Blonsky um, in the, in the show. Yeah, is that the what's the actor's name? I keep thinking that's the actor's name, oh, not the character's name. No, no, uh, the <laughs> actor uh, from Pulp Fiction. What is his name? Uh, yeah, but I I think he I feel like he isn't there like a scene where like he's in like a some sort of medical room or facility and he willingly like grabs well, that serum and sticks it in himself because he wants to go get him. Well, well, he got it originally and that like enhanced his like aggression, right? Like he was more aggressive then. Uh-huh. And then when he got punched in the during the scene at the university against the tree and they all thought he was dead, he's like I need more to beat him. Like I will never beat the Hulk as I am. Uh, and the mission mm-hmm. is to beat the Hulk. So yeah, he did get a yeah. secondary dose. Uh, I believe for that. So uh, yeah. So obviously he's not totally innocent, but from a legal perspective, it is interesting that at least he has a leg to stand on in the courtroom, right? You know, you couldn't, not every Marvel villain can necessarily walk into the courtroom with like a legal excuse of like why they wanted to do it. So it is Mm -hmm. interesting that at least there is a case to be built here. Yeah. Well, and and like I said, I don't think he's innocent. I just think, you know, he, he did have a really, like you said, a really good, like, this is my, like, I was fine until this happened kind of thing. So um, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just great to bring that kind of back around a little bit, you know, to, to not, you know, forget about that movie as much as it, uh, they don't have the rights to distribute it uh, with the Universal yet. Um, so I think I think um, you know he he just that those scenes with him talking was very very you know fun, uh, and then like in the ending brings it about the the live stream of the Abomination fighting uh, Wong at the uh, at the um, Shang Chi what's that fighting ring called I forget what it was called. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, anyway, 
I think that's going to lead into Wong coming into the show sooner than later, right? Um, because he's literally at the end of this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's going to be on the um, uh, on the podium testifying. Yeah. Uh, uh, on behalf of the uh, the Book of Ashanti, I guess de- de- the defense, swear on the if Book you will. of Ashanti. Oh yeah, he's got to swear upon the Book of Ashanti. That'd be funny. Yeah. But yeah, he could be like, oh yeah, I was rehabilitating. This yeah. person, you know, they have to be able to get their aggression mm-hmm. out when they're in this forum, and it's better that they're in a fight ring with me than out there in the world. Yeah. So that could be uh, that could be pretty funny. Uh, but there was a couple Easter eggs uh, yes. in this episode. I would say, and I didn't even catch the, I didn't even catch these until I looked at the and looked at the show notes no. because unless you're like combing over like computer screens with a fine tooth comb in this show, yeah. you wouldn't have seen these. Two. So so I I'm gonna how about this? Here's our discussion. One of these is an Easter egg. One of these is a reference. How about that? That's true. That's true. So I would say the... Or, or do we throw in the word tease? Well, is it a reference or is it a tease? Well, I, I would say I, I would say the, the reference and tease are about... I would say they're both the same. Yeah, it's a teaser reference, right? So the Easter egg is they are finally acknowledging a giant man sticking out of the ocean. Um, in this. <laughs> There's a news article saying, why is there someone here? And what I love about the show, every the first episode and the second episode have been like, this is what the audience is talking about, right? Like, they, like this is what people who watch this show are talking about. Like, how do the Avengers get paid? Do they even make money kind of thing? Um, which was mm. funny. So, like, yes, we know that the, there's a large man sticking out of the ocean. It's glossed over. It's not a huge thing, but it's fun to know that they do know it's there. Um, and they will reference it later, right? Marvel will not leave this untouched. Um, but the other one is a man with metal claws fights uh, in a bar is the other one. So if you could figure out who has metal claws <laughs> and likes to fight in bars, Mike, who would that be? If you could put a now, uh, now if this is indeed supposed to be serious, uh, I feel like this is heavily pivoting towards the existence of Wolverine, right? Yes. But this is a comedic show. So who knows? This could just be a joke, a funny reference that we're not supposed to think too much about. But it, it seems like most of the time in the MCU, when we've seen like visual references to like characters that exist like on screens or like in a list or on a note or something like that, mm-hmm. it usually seems to come to fruition in Later. some yeah. in some ways, right? You know, I, I, it makes me think of uh, Winter Soldier, right? When they have the, all of those like targets right that that ai is trying to and yeah i I think most of those ended up coming to fruition especially the doctor strange one yeah right the doctor strange and and, um there was yeah there was a couple more um well it also takes me back to iron man too uh there's a scene like fury's talking to um robert Downey jr iron man in, in a room and there's like dots on a map and it's like wakanda and like you know atlantis kind of things on the map i'm like oh mm. those are those are references or like you know age of ultron they're like oh that's wakandan uh i'm like oh oh my gosh that's an easter egg right kind of thing um uh for us that came from, now an easter egg was a reference at the time because we did not have black panther on the radar back then so wolverine's yeah. great and if yeah and if it's supposed to be like the version of wolverine that we all know and love that means logan will have always existed Mm-hmm. in this universe right which meant which means the mutant gene has been out there for a while which is seems like maybe that's not the direction we're going but obviously we have things spilling over from multiverses right yeah. so they could always include this in the story of like this was a pre-existing wolverine in another universe that fell yeah. into ours or if they decided to just never pick up on this specific story again and they're at a comic-con one year and somebody brings up the question they're just like oh yeah 
you know, the multiverse was ripping apart. Wait, it was just you, a Wolverine from another one. You, you were even, never meant to see him. It was just a funny reference. You don't even have to say that. You could, like, someone got Black Panther claws. Like, literally, it could be someone with Black yeah. Panther claws in a bar. Like, it doesn't have to be yeah. actual adamantium claws. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like the bar is what's reinforcing the fact right. that this could be Wolverine. Well, 100%. Right? He's, he's, a, he's a scrappy dude that's always drinking and fighting people yeah. in bars. It's like oh, his, 100%. Well, that his was, natural habitat. That's how we met him in the original <laughs> X-Men movie, which Kevin Feige didn't mm-hmm. work on, by the way. Um, so, like, yeah, I think exactly. it, it, it's, it, it could easily be Wolverine. They could also be like, now we met, like, someone had, you know, they got some of, you know, the Avengers stuff from the, the mansion, like, the through the auctions, and it wasn't really... Wolverine if they have to, but I, it's still mm. fun, right? It's still fun. We all know what it means. We all know what it's supposed yeah, now to mean. Now, everyone, y'all got to keep your eyes sharp now. Uh, we're definitely going to be seeing some legal yeah. paperwork at some point in time yeah. strewn yeah. across a, a tabletop while they're trying to build their case. Yeah. And you know there's going to be more Easter yeah. eggs in that and, paperwork. And, but I think the moment in the episode that made us probably yeah. both simultaneously point at the TV yeah. uh, was when... Hulk was in a spaceship, yes. and uh, I think I said the same thing that you said. It was just, spaceship. Spaceship. He's in yeah. space. Where's he going? Hulk's <laughs> in space is what I sent you. Um, yeah, so uh, mm. Hulk's in spaceship, and we find out that he's on that Sakaran, uh class whatever spaceship. I guarantee mm. you he's got a son, Mike. I guarantee you he's got, he's got like some sort of you know parental rights from when he was Hulk back on Sakar. Like, you're going to find out. Um, mm-hmm. And and you're going to find that Hulk's son, Scar, is there, and he's got to bring him back, or he's got to deal with it, and he needs a lawyer to, to represent him in court because, you know, he owes child support or something like that. Um, <laughs> or yeah, I don't know. I kind, of, I kind of took it as a vibe of he's more of more or less leaving the show in a way of like he's flying off to his next appearance in a movie, right? Oh, that, that That's kind be. of what I took away from it. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting him to return. But it would be it would be a a, pol- a, a delightful surprise if we see him come back around. Yeah. Well, there are seven other episodes. I wouldn't be surprised if he does the last episode. He's back on Earth with a kid. Like we don't see him the rest of the mm-hmm. show. Like we've got our Mark Ruffalo time. He literally said, "I don't care that you're you're with the Abomination." He wrote me a haiku. It was very heartfelt. Um, so I've forgiven him. Uh, also, I'm going to use hyperspace and the calls is going to drop. And that was kind of funny. Like, right? Like, he's like, he didn't even say bye. Like, he just disappeared. So 100% think that he's gone for the rest of the season, but will return, I think, maybe by the end of it. I don't think he'll be in space uh, for forever, or at least till the next movie. That would be interesting. Um, but yes, the last thing I want to say her new, uh, uh, Jennifer's new company she's working at is called GLKNH, which stands for Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway. Holloway was the old man she was talking to, right, who hired her for this. However, the GLK uh, actually represents Marvel people from the Marvel Comics Company. G is Goodman, so original Marvel publisher Martin Goodman. L. Lieber is Stan Lee's last name. is actually Stan, Stan Lieber, Lieberman, not Lee. He shortened it to mm-hmm. Lee. Uh, and Kurtzberg is referenced to Jack Kirby, whose last name was actually Jack Kurtzberg. So they changed their names um, to, I guess, I think they were hiding uh, their Jewishness whenever they were actually getting into comics back then. Um, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They, they've done a great job. So uh, it's just interesting to know that they changed their names to, uh, back then to make them shorter to Stanley, Jack Kerber, Martin Goodman. So I think that's a really fun little deep cut there, if you will, right? Yep. For the show. 
Yeah, very uh, entertainment industry, right? To rename yourself, to just uh, position yourself to be more successful in Hollywood. Yeah. Which is funny because uh, Whoopi Goldberg has the kind of opposite story. When she was coming up, she wanted a more kind of uh, a familiar name with Hollywood so she could get more roles. So she's very well known for doing that mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, that's a fun little Easter egg. Uh, overall, like I said, this episode was better, but... Unfortunately, which I feel like maybe this will be fixed kind of moving forward into the the next kind of chapter of Disney Plus on Marvel, this does not feel super episodic to me mm-hmm. just yet. I really still feel like I'm watching like a longer movie. And I feel that way because the episodes end somewhat abruptly to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's just because I'm having like a great time and I want the episodes to keep going and I'm just enjoying the characterization of everything, but it just kind of ends like yeah. almost not on an, on like a stinger of the end of the episode. It's almost just like, okay, we've just ended on like an act break is kind of what it starts to feel like to me. So I, I think that this will be rectified and fixed because this is an issue that I, a lot of people have brought up where a lot of these series just feel like long movies. Yeah. So this one is feeling a little bit better in the sense of I'm just liking it more so I can just deal with the issue better. Yeah. So um, and hopefully this doesn't stay like this the whole yeah. season. And I think we're used to, other than WandaVision, we're used to the longer episodes, right, at this point, like since WandaVision was the other short one. Like we've got seven more weeks of this. I'm like, oh, I kind of wish they would have just done the, the hour-long ones instead like double down a little bit because it is fun it's fun these are these are great characters to kind of go on a journey with mike i i thought for sure you laughed your ass off whenever that guy brought brought her a map of the good bathrooms to poop in i'm like this is a mike joke and that that guy is great too i forgot to mention uh the wife and i have been watching another show on hbo max called the other two and that guy who plays her new coworker, he's in that show mm. as well. And he's very infectious. He has that kind of like very like smiley look to him where and he has like a very soothing voice too, where you just want him to read you a bedtime story. So it was a, a pleasant yeah. surprise to uh, see and, him in this show. I feel like I remember him being like on like the cast list and now that I got to see him, I was like, Oh my god, this is the best yeah. place to poop. Yeah. And uh, Jennifer did and she appreciated it too, yeah. which is very uh character driven for it seems like she would appreciate it so the end credits are also um animated right like a courtroom style art um Mm -hmm. they actually have references to the episode so this one actually had the map like a full screen version of the map someone had drawn up in like watercolor like or whatever the app is of of (laughs) the the map and i'm like oh that's that's really fun that's a that's a cool little unique thing yeah I'm curious if the if the art at the end is being drawn after the fact or mm-hmm. if it's kind of visual development art, kind of like how the Mandalorian yeah. has their concept art at the end of each episode. But either way, it's fun. Yeah. Having a, I'm having a good time with the show so far. This is great. But I am still cautiously optimistic because I had a great time with the first two episodes of Moon Knight. Yeah. And then it all went downhill for me after that. So, But I have higher hopes for this because yeah. I feel like there's not going to be a gigantic uh, shift it seems like we're we're pressing forward with this uh, fun concept of um, defending abomination yeah. in the courtroom. We still we still have more Easter eggs and cameos to come. We're waiting for Wong. We're waiting for Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil. There's supposed to be more super powered people in this. We've seen in the trailers. There's like Frogman. Yep. There's some sort of like cloaking wizard in the in the judges chair yep. at some point in time. So there's more to be unraveled. Right. We don't. I guess my my biggest. My biggest hesitation, and, and it could be the way, who's the villain? 
who is the bad person in this show, right? Like, what what is the ultimate goal? Mm. Uh, because my complaint with WandaVision is there's just a last... The last episode is versus Agatha Harkness, and she just happened to be... Like, I don't want one of those situations again. Like, I would like to get there pretty quickly and, and, and move on with it. I think some of the later episodes, like, you know, Moon Knight, whether you like it or not, they, they at least gave you the villain within the first half hour. Like, this is the bad guy, and they know... The good and bad guy know each other exist, right? So... Um, no secrets, no no last means. So I hopefully they get to that point sooner than later. Check it out Thursdays Disney Plus. Mike, that is it for the episode. Man, we got through it. Um, we're gonna get out of here, but if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, man? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comics at Pickled Comics. Dot com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. I've been, on my spare time, working on some new pinball tables, uh, uploading up. So I've been sh- uh, recording some videos. I've been sharing that. Mike, you've seen them. You know what you know what I'm doing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. up to. I have. So, so I'm going to put those up there and some other stuff uh, I've been doing. Uh, people know more about the show, where they can come back in and subscribe every week and listen to us. Where can they get all that good stuff at? Oh, head on over to our little headquarters where Superhero Slate lives, and that is SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see a nice little itemized list of everything we talked about this week on the show, if you want to see those leaks of Ironheart's possible new armor in Wakanda Forever, we got that over there in the show notes. Check it out at SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at superheroslate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Please reach out. Let us know what you're watching, what you're, hell, what you're listening to. We've had uh, some uh, listeners reach out telling mm-hmm. us that they're listening to some of the other Marvel podcasts, right? And I haven't dove into anything besides that first season of the Wolverine podcast. So even if you're listening to stuff, we love to know it. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy. We'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We will catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.